Hello and welcome to Fantasy Football Face-Off, the new podcast from comedians, me, Tom Glover. And me, Daniel Fitzhenry. This is the podcast where I, a Sky Fantasy Football enthusiast, will take on Fitz, an FPL enthusiast, to see who is truly the king of fantasy football, at least in our own very limited two-man mini-league. That's absolutely right. In each game week, we're going to be looking at the best performers and identifying our own top picks for the upcoming game weeks. Maybe pick out a cheeky differential, but most importantly, have a bit of fun along the way. Because that's what it's all about, Fitz. Now, if it's up to the minute, data on XG, XA, touches in the final third you're after, then there are probably better podcasts out there for you. Harsh but fair. It's fair. Um, but if it's tips and hot takes based on positive vibes and gut feelings you want, then buckle up because you've come to the right place. So before you lock in that team for the weekend, open up your respective apps, crack open a spreadsheet and have a listen as maybe, just maybe, we can convince you that the time has come to transfer out Mo Salah and triple captain Chris Wood. Let's, Let's face, face off. off. So hello, this is the first episode of Fantasy Football Face-Off. Uh, in this episode, I'm going to be going through my first ever FPL draft with Fitz, who is, is a veteran of the game. How long have you been playing it, Fitz? Um, I am a bit of a veteran, actually. I've certainly been playing for eight years, um, with game week histories varying from uh, in the millions to my best ever finish last year of 35k, um, which out of eight million, not too bad. Yeah, I mean, I've been playing Sky, so if you're in the top 35k in Sky, then you probably means you picked a team and never made a transfer at any point and just <laughs> left it. Um, in Sky, you're looking to get in the top 100, ideally, get yourself on the leaderboard. How many players are there in the Sky Fantasy Football? Because I think we should say for the listener as well, um, you've never played FPL and I've never played Sky Fantasy Football. I don't really know why that is. How come you've never played FPL? Well, I just think that the FPL is more of the... Um, it's not really a connoisseur's game, is it? FPL Oof. is for the everyman. Oof. Like the, the people who don't really want to research their players. They just want to pick <laughs> 14 players and hopefully 11 of, 11 of them will get on the pitch. Oh, if <laughs> only if only you knew, my friend, the, um, the, the incorrectness of your statement. Um, well, this is what we'll talk about this week, of course, because um, I think it's a really good opportunity for, for us to discuss FPL. Obviously, give you kind of a bit of an introduction to, to the game. I absolutely love it and um, I'm so pleased to be doing a podcast and first of all thank you dear listener for you know giving us a giving us your ears as it were yeah well, I know what it's like at this time of year everyone's trying to get that that little tip to get the edge on someone else and um, I've, I've been listening to a lot of FPL podcasts which I've never heard before I've been nice. learning a lot of things I've been learning about wild cards about bench boosts Ooh. all sorts um, lots to discuss yes of course and um, so I'm, I'm pretty pleased with my draft but I'm sure you're going to tell me all the reasons why it's terrible did you um did you watch the euros fits uh i did mate yeah of course i was um i was as gutted as anyone i think when obviously we we lost um i don't know it was it was a weird one for me because although i'm really really gutted that we lost and i'm really really gutted that two man united players missed penalties um sancho very nearly confirmed as we record um <laughs> the whole thing was kind of softened a little bit by the the racism afterwards and you know the the way the fans were you know we don't deserve nice things and as gutted as I am I it's almost I almost felt like we didn't deserve it based on how idiotic a lot of people were I sound very old when I say that but obviously first and foremost I'm bloody gutted what about you yeah it's the same like um, and part of me was 
almost worried we were going to win at Wembley and I wasn't going to be there because it felt like this is the biggest thing that's going to happen in the football world in my lifetime and I'm probably regret it for the rest of my life not at Wembley but agreed like it felt that the country was being united throughout the whole tournament and mm. the taking the knee, had. it felt like people had stopped booing that. It felt like it was making a difference maybe. And then as soon as we don't win a game, yeah. it just turns its ugly head again. And it is, yeah, it's, it's horrible to see. And it just ends it on an ugly note and you're right like we don't we don't deserve nice things we're probably never going to host a tournament again because no. because you put well, a flare was a, up your bum a, yeah there was a bit he put a flare up his bum exactly <laughs> and was on like national news can you imagine watching the news with your family and like oh Dave's on his way down to Wembley and then you just see him there arse facing Wembley with a flare lit Mate, oh. he's been in the papers now he's loving life he'll probably be on Celebrity Big Brother he'll be in the jungle <laughs> he will he will but it was interesting. It was an interesting tournament. I think it was good to see no Premier League players really getting injured, for, just from like an FPL point of view. <laughs> you know, obviously, I don't wish injuries on non-Premier League footballers. I'd like to make that clear. But um, but yeah, I think it was. I think it was really good to to see a good tournament and good experience for the young Lions. You know, I theoretically we got to the semis. We lost. We got to the final and lost. So Qatar next year, it's ours. Surely. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I was happy with it. Like, it feels like, what do we have to do for people to accept we've done well? I, I like Absolutely. Southgate. I think if, you, if you're going to win an uh, international tournament, then you need to be solid at the back. And he did that. You can't play six wingers at once. Like, you know, like every decision he made, like, at first I was like, this this isn't good. And then it yeah. proved to be the right decision every time. Couldn't agree more. Phillips and Rice, I mean... Before the tournament, so as an introduction, I suppose, I'm a Man United fan, you're a Tottenham fan. And, and I was looking at both Phillips and Rice thinking that is what Man United need, like so much. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, they all did really well, I think. And as I say, now they've got a bit of a rest. Again, this is how much FPL kind of clouds everything. Well, not clouds, but Brighton's perhaps. Um, when Portugal went out, my first thought was, oh, well, Bruno will get a bit more of a rest. <laughs> And I have to say, watching Denmark as a Tottenham fan, I was thinking Hoiberg is what this Tottenham side needs. But, <laughs> yeah, but maybe we will get that Hoiberg this year. Maybe this is the year. Maybe that we're not terrible. I was yeah, I was quite surprised that FPL FPL launched like in the middle of the Euros, right? It did. Yeah, it was very unusual. And I'm I'm quite geeky with FPL. I've got to be honest, which I'm delighted that we're doing this because it gives us a chance to have a chat about it every week. Yeah, so I kind of get notifications from Fancy Premier League on Twitter and. And normally they announce it and say, oh, game's live, but they didn't. And there was a few people that I follow who said, oh, I'm in, I'm in. And uh, I got, I'm player 6,100 something out of potentially 8 million. So I got in there quite quickly, but already by the by the time I had kind of signed up and then checked my team again later on, there were already 100,000 people kind of signed up. So wow. it's, yeah, it's um, it's a it's a big boy game and I'm, I'm or oh, big person game, I should say. And I'm, I'm, I'm very <laughs> excited to, to be playing and to be chatting about it. Awesome. So, so here's how it's going to work this week. I've never played FPL. I've played a lot of fantasy games in my life. I don't know why FPL has never appealed to me. It's just I've never been invited into a mini league. Um, but I know Fitz plays it. We tweet jokes on Twitter and then occasionally I'll see him tweeting Chris Wood saying, please, you need to get a hat-trick today to save me. <laughs> and I, I used to take the mick out of him a little bit for that. And then we decided that it would be a good a good way of coming together if I could teach him about Sky and, and he can teach me about FPL. So I've drawn up my first draft. Um, we're going to go through that together. He's going to tell me why it's terrible. And then he's going to give us his top five tips. And hopefully I can take that away and improve my team. Maybe you listen at home. It, you might hear something that you've not heard on one of the other 
hundreds of thousands of podcasts there seems to be on FPL. <laughs> there are there are a few, aren't there? Yeah, and they're, um, they're great as well. They're so well researched. Like, I'm, I'm, I've been well into it these last couple of weeks as we're preparing for this. And and then we're going to end the show. We're going to give you our best and worst picks for each position as we head into the, the opening fixtures. Although, of course, this is all going to change when Kane breaks our hearts and moves to City. <laughs> breaks your heart. Break my heart as well if you go went to City. So, um, yeah, bang on. I think that, you know, this this week is very much kind of going to be a bit of an FPL focus. You know, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the game and the rules behind it. You mentioned, obviously, things like wildcards, which aren't in Sky Fantasy Football. And then next week we'll do the same. So um, I guess if we kick off with, with FPL. So tell me what you know about it. What have you researched so far? Yep. So I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, basically, and um, reading up a bit. It, yeah, the, the main differences I've come across in terms of with Sky is in Sky, you've only got the 11 players mm. that you pick, don't have the bench. So I find it really difficult to get a decent team together. I don't know, I don't know how people go about it. I don't know if you really have a terrible bench just to have a strong 11 or whether you try and get a balanced squad. Um, well, that's that, that's a really good point to start on, to be honest, because there are players who play in different ways. So some people would literally sack off the bench depending on the formation that you play um because you can change what formation you play in as you can in sky i believe but you could for example go three four three and then you would have two kind of bench defenders one bench goalkeeper and one bench midfielder um because you can only pick three strikers or you could go kind of a bit more four four two and depending on the players that you and the position uh, sorry the formation that you have that kind of leads to what you do on the bench and there are dross you know Rian Brewster last year was four and a half million a lot of people got him in thinking oh he's come from he's come from Liverpool he'll bang in the goals and if you've got a 4.5 million striker on your bench who shit um, and isn't going to score then it can cause a real problem when it comes to kind of transferring them out if that makes sense I think the best way to do this then is I'll just go through my draft with you cool. and then we, you can tell me why it might be a bad <laughs> pick and, and how you would play that as an FBL expert in Oof. this um relationship at least <laughs> <laughs> and, and then any other the rules you can probably cover in your tips later on i imagine so um yeah. if you're ready we go through my team is that good let's go for it absolutely okay so with a strong um lightly pencil this is because yeah, obviously yeah. it's all going to change but uh in goal i've got sanchez at brighton um at, with the, at the moment with a backup of foster uh, at watford because i figured i didn't want to spend too much in the goalkeeper position. I think in all fantasy games, there's not a lot of points difference between the best and worst keeper. As long as your keeper's playing, there's going to be save bonuses and and clean sheets. And unless someone has a really wild season, the clean sheets aren't too different. But I think Brighton have got a great start to the season. Um, Sanchez was pretty good for me last year in Sky. He, he got some... Um, some good points for me, so I was quite happy with that. Yeah, and they've got Burnley, Watford, Everton, Brentford, Leicester and Palace as yeah. their opening six. You can't really ask for much more, I agree. Yeah, yeah and, good, and good to be honest, the way I've looked at it with the wild card, I'm, I don't know what the standard practice is, but I'm thinking after game week six, when Liverpool go and play City, that would be when I'd make my wild card change. I don't know if that's a good good time to do it. What do you think? It's weird because it, it very much depends, you know. So you, you get two wild cards. One of them you have to play before Christmas, which I think normally was, certainly last season was about game week 16. Um, and then 
you have to play the second one in the second season. So the international break comes and when you've mentioned there, that is, you know, that's a good time to, to make your wild card. But on the other hand, you know, if you set your team out well and you don't get any injuries and your players are playing well, then you might not need to. Um, last season, I know I had to wild card. I think I wild carded after, after three game weeks and, and I was gutted to do so because, you know, it seems so early because you've got at least another kind of 13, 14 game weeks before you can wildcard again. But I remember just having like four or five injuries and you look at your team and at the start of a game week, you look at a team is so full of hope. And one of the goals I've always had is to be the top scoring player for one game week. Um, you know, whoever's the top scoring player in the world wins a prize. And um, I would love for that to happen. But then you you look at your team after the midday kickoff and your star defender, Trent's conceded a goal and got a yellow card. And instead of getting the kind of eight or nine, 10 points that you thought you'd get, you end up with two. So yeah, the wild card, you know, it really varies um, depending on your team, but that's that's not a bad tactic at all. Okay. Um, Talking of Trent, uh, he is my main defender. Nice. He's so much more expensive than everyone else. But I mean, he's essentially, he's an attacking midfielder and he's going to get the output of a decent attacking midfielder. Mm. You'd imagine with Van Dijk alongside him. And again, those opening six fixtures, Norwich, Burnley, Chelsea, Leeds, Crystal Palace, Brentford. Like there's, there's points and clean sheets in those games. So yeah, I've gone quite big on Liverpool in this team, as big as you can go. Um, so alongside Trent, I've got, uh, to Everton in a back three. I've got Michael Keane and Holgate. Um, Holgate, he's, he's a bit of a risk, I suppose, but like, I mean, I've spent all my money on Trent. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Mason Holgate, I, he, he ended last season. He was keeping Coleman out of the right back position. So I, I think if he starts, there's clean sheets for them as well. They, they, they probably got the best run at the start of the season, I think. Coleman's another year older as well, isn't he? Who've, Everton got Southampton, Leeds, Brighton, Burnley, Villa. Again, that's a really good run. Yeah, playing for clean sheets there, basically. And hopefully Michael Keane gets a goal along the way because he, he's always a goal threat. And then to finish on the bench, my two defenders, I've got um, Fafana at Leicester mm-hmm. at four and a half million. Four he just seems underpriced. He's probably going to start a centre-back. He's priced like he's not going to start a centre-back, but I, I can't see why he wouldn't. And of course, they, they're a decent top six team. Like they're well organised, well drilled. I see clean sheets in them. And um, completing the defensive line I've got Lamptey at Brighton okay all right so um that's so that, I think probably looking at the back line let's have a little chat about that because yeah. I think you've done really well there that's not a dissimilar kind of team and setup to to what I've gone for um so I think Trent you're bang on he was highest um in the league for shots in the box and touches in the box for a defender not even close like way ahead of anyone else so he's a really really good option plus Whatever his injury was, you know, he's back training now. He's he's going to be raring to go. Yeah, Liverpool just seemed like the whole <clears throat> squad's pretty much back together already. Van yeah, Dijk's yeah. going to be fresh. Mane and um, Salah, they haven't been playing in yeah. an international tournament. Yeah. And, and the great fixtures, it just seems like you, you can't... I mean, it's going to be a brave person who doesn't put a Liverpool player in that it is. Yeah, game yeah. week one squad. It is, absolutely. Um, the Everton... Yeah, I mean, I, I I think Everton have got some have got some good fixtures, and I would like some Everton coverage. 
Um, but yeah, I think Holgate, they're both kind of good picks, but the risk of, of doubling up with, with any team is that if they do concede, then, and I can't remember how much kind of Holgate is, but we've got to be talking about five million. It's four and a half. Four and a half. Okay, so Fafana as well, four and a half. And yeah. same for Keane, or is he five? Uh, Keane's five. Yeah, so, so nine and a half million on two Everton assets. Um, the thing, the only thing that would worry me there is if, you know, Southampton could score if Ings is still there, Leeds, you'd fancy them to get a goal. Um, so it's it's perhaps a risk to go for the double up. But again, really solid. I like it. For Fana, again, I think you're right. Leicester could, could very well keep clean sheets. He is more centre-back. So I think, you know, he hasn't lit the world on fire with goals or, or assists. Um, James Justin will be back at some point. Um, he was, I'm assuming it was the same in, in Sky Fantasy Football, but before his injury, James Justin was was on fire. And Yeah, he was. he's one of those players that, that it's going to happen this year, happens every year, one of the players who no one considers and yeah. all of a sudden they're in every team. Stuart Dallas was another one. Yeah, he's, yeah. I see he's a midfielder in this game yeah, this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, there'll be someone who comes to the forefront and suddenly it sort of breaks that temp well it creates a template really doesn't it it does yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely um, and then the keepers you know Sanchez 4.5 and Foster I think you went for yeah again the the key thing my I'll, I'll come on to this later but the key thing is to have bench players that will play what you don't want is as I say players you can't get rid of um, stuck on your bench and if Trent gets injured or you know um, gets rested then if you've got Fafana coming on, or that's not Fafana, that's a bad example because he probably will play. But if you've got someone coming on who isn't going to get a game, then you've just wasted um, a position on the pitch. So yeah, really, really strong start. I like that a lot. Okay, good, good, good. I'm impressed. That's a big, that's a big old smile you've got there. <laughs> <laughs> that's because I know who my fifth midfielder is. Ah, nice. <laughs> good. He is not good. <laughs> so in midfield, I've got Salah, who will be captain game week one. Yeah. I, I can't see anything that will change that. Yeah. I mean, opening the season against Norwich, yeah. like you, I think most people playing this game are going to have him captained. Norwich must be cursing their luck because you remember a couple of years in a row where Liverpool scored seven past them and Suarez I think got at least three maybe three seasons in a row uh, yeah. or three games in a row they, and they must have got those fixtures and just thought for <laughs> mate their, their run at the start of the season is insane Liverpool City Leicester Arsenal Watford and Everton yeah it's, it's ridiculous so, fantasy asset wise I think we can leave them <laughs> yeah but that's that's the thing I, I heard, I've heard a lot of people shouting for Billy Gilmore as your yeah. 4.5 midfielder but yeah. even if he does well at Norwich mm. I can't see him doing well in those games no no and to be honest I don't see a lot of attacking returns in him from what I've seen of him yeah yeah he seems more he's more a, a holding kind of midfielder isn't he yeah I mean yeah. he might get get into the box late and get the odd goal but mm. not against those teams I don't think no um, I would agree so yeah, I've got Salah and I've doubled him up with Jota. Okay. Um, which I think may be a bit of a differential because he's a bit of a risk, isn't he? Like, is he gonna is he gonna get game time? But I just think that front three at Liverpool, that they're, they're aging now. Um, Firmino is probably gonna share the game time with Jota. Jota was probably gonna come on and replace whoever's more tired. How seven, much is Jota? Seven and a half million. Yeah. So and again with those fixtures, if he's combining with Salah and getting goals, then I think there's potential there for big points. In the four, I've also got Bruno. Absolutely, yeah. Always have Bruno in Sky. I don't know. It feels like with FPL that Salah's the big player that everyone wants. In Sky, I feel it's more Bruno. Or it was last season. Yeah, I think um 
either one of them to be honest and if you can get two of them in your team then you know you're on to a good thing I think certainly I'm a United fan and when Bruno arrived my my heart ruled my head and he was straight in my fancy team and he didn't leave you know he's he's phenomenal and he I'm pretty sure he him, he was the highest scoring player last season and Mo has been the highest scoring player for the last two or three so yeah between them you would think that, that over the course of a season certainly two maybe 250 300 points from them so if you keep them in your team and you can captain them right then yeah you could you could easily get you know 500 plus points just from those two yeah i mean the obvious picks really but i mean it's not obvious because sancho's coming in at united mm-hmm. i mean in the trouble with liverpool is mane's only 5 million less than salah so it feels like there's not really a choice point to be made. Million. There. Yeah, 0.5 million. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I was going to so, say, I, yeah. I, I, I don't have him in my team currently, but I would for seven and a half. I mean, <laughs> to choose him over Salah, he'd probably have to be about seven yeah, and a yeah. half. But, yeah, he would. But yeah. you, it'd be nice to have a few people make that choice. So it mm. breaks that template a bit. In the four, completing the four then in midfield, I've got Madison at Leicester. Okay. Um, I have Buendia f- at, at first. I'm, I'm, I just he's a bit more of a risk because he's new to the league and is he going to take the creative mantle from Grealish? Is Grealish going to be there? That that could change to Buendia before the season starts. But I've, I've started with Madison. I feel he's got a point to prove. Mm. He's going to be rested because he wasn't at the Euros. And when he's on form, like there's he's on the set pieces, he's got mm. goals, he's got assists. So And also I've got a Leicester striker. So I like the idea of midfielders and strikers combining nice and then to complete my five midfield it's my four and a half million option um i have gone for josh brownhill of burnley okay (laughs) (laughs) um radio silence so yeah i mean i think that with I, i don't believe josh brownhill was necessarily a starter every week no, he was pretty. I, I mean, I I don't know a lot of yeah, about yeah. Burnley, but yeah. I mean, I looked at, at their stats. He he's, he got good game time, and towards the end of last season, he he's was playing. sort of playing just behind Chris Wood. Okay, um, he's not. He wasn't getting a lot of. He, I don't know if he got any. He got one assist maybe last year, but his XG and XA was pretty good for a four and a half million. After, after an intro where we I said know, we wouldn't talk about XG and XJ, but um, you know, I mean, it's... I didn't tell you the exact numbers, but I mean, of the, <laughs> of the potential Burnley options for four and a half million, yeah, yeah, he's as he's as good as anyone. And yeah. then, to be honest, he's probably not going to even get off my bench unless there's an injury. Well, there's yeah, the bench fodder, you know, is is what they call it. You know, there's a player who like that, Josh Brownhill. Is it Josh Brownhill? Josh Brownhill. Um, yeah. uh, sorry. <laughs> always away when you don't know <laughs> sorry Josh name. if you're listening mate um but if you are listening we're big fans and um you know I I think he would probably accept that at four and a half million he's not going to be in everyone's team um but as an enabler which is what he is you know yeah. you've got him in your team there's two reasons both kind of the same number one because you can't afford anyone else <laughs> number two because you can't afford anyone else because you've got other players in because you've saved that money you know and I think Burnley's Burnley's an interesting team. It'll be interesting to see how they go on. Who knows? It could be every season. There's always there's always one player who starts off like Stuart Dallas last year, yeah. four and a half million. Before you know it, he, I think he finished the season more or less on six million. So it was a big big rise, and he could be that. He could I mean, be like, Stuart I, I, Dallas. I don't think he's going to be that. <laughs> I just I needed a four and a half million midfielder. I didn't want Basuma, which he was another popular pick. Because I didn't want to have too many Brighton players, I want the option to get Lewis Duncan maybe at some point. Yeah, and and again, he's just got cards in him. 
yeah, Gilmore, yeah. I didn't see much of an attacking threat with. And yeah, he's just the best of a bad bunch at four and a half million. Fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah. But and you I, never know. You never know. I never know. I mean, I do I do agree. I don't think even Josh Brownhill's got himself in his FPL team, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> and then um, up top, um, I've got all three players. I've gone for a 3 4 3, so all three of them are in the team for game week one at the moment. Nice. I've got Ivan Tony at Brentford. Lovely. He seems a popular pick with everyone. He, his numbers in the championship were ridiculous. Yeah. And at six and a half million, even if he does like a third of those numbers, He's like value. Yeah, yeah. I'd and agree with that. Brentford yeah. at home against Arsenal in the opening game. Arsenal a bit of a shambles. And Brentford again have fans million in the they've just spent on Ben White as well. Yeah, I mean, he's a decent defender, but... We're hopefully United are getting Varane for kind of 40, 42. Yeah, so, you're paying for yeah. them being English, essentially, yeah, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not, as a Spurs fan, I'm not quaking in my boots <laughs> at that. Not no. that we have a great defence, but... <laughs> <laughs> no. But um, yeah, I, I just see Ivan Tony at least scoring against Arsenal. And if Brentford ever do score, it, it's likely he's going to either score it or assist it. So yeah, he's in there along with a lot of other people's FPL drafts. Yeah. Um, and alongside him, I've got Ollie Watkins at Villa. Mm-hmm. Again, great start to the season. He's got Buendia behind him as well as hopefully Grealish now as well. Last year, his conversion rate wasn't actually great. Despite scoring so many goals, he had so many goals disallowed by VAR which yeah. this season could go the other way very easily. And I, yeah, I just think he's constantly improving at the moment. He I think great. he's going to have a better season this year than he had last year. I agree. I can't imagine him coming out my side, to be honest, unless he's injured. I can imagine him getting in the World Cup squad as well if he has a good season. Yeah, I think he's unlucky not to be in it yeah. this time around in the Euros. And then um, completing the team, I've got Iheanacho at Leicester. Okay. Uh, I think I mean, the way he ended last season, like he killed my Sky team because I just refused to put him in because right, like yeah. this, this can't continue. This yeah. isn't going to continue, but it kept kept on going. And I think he scored more points than anyone else in those last like four, five, six game weeks. And I think Vardy's that a bit older now. He can't have the legs, can he? He can't. I think his game time will be managed. Yeah. Um, At they least signed think... um, another striker as well. Um, yeah, Pass and Dakar. Yeah. He looks. Where yeah. he, he is a good player from Salzburg, but he's come yeah. from that league. Like he's, he's not going to be straight in the team. No, I thought. no, no. Um, so yeah, that's my team. What do you reckon? Very nice. I think it's really good. Um, you know, I was uh, I didn't know what to expect, but there's a lot of thought gone into it, and I think that you know you've you've got a, a nice kind of balanced squad. There are a couple of areas I would probably look at, which are you know the the four point five midfielder. Um, I Leave think Josh alone. Right? <laughs> Josh is staying at now. Well, now he's there. He's Josh not, he's is cemented out. in your team for the year. And at some point, Josh Brownhill will score a goal in FPL, and um, I'm, I'll be delighted for you. We should call your team Josh Brownhill's boys or something. But um, yeah, I think that you've. I think you've nailed it. To be honest, I think it's in a really good position. One of the key things is to be able to, which I'll come on to in a minute, I suppose, about transfers. But you don't want to be stuck. So if you've got uh, the player I mentioned, um, there isn't really an equivalent this year that I found. Um, um, Davis, actually, for Villa is four and a half million. He's a striker. That's a really tricky one because there's no one equivalent you can kind of swap out. At least if if Davis got injured and you'd used your transfer the week before, um, then you're, you're stuffed because you can't buy an equivalent for 4.5 million. Whereas if you've got a bit of money in the bank, exactly 100 mil, um, no, it's not actually. Okay. I've got um, half a mil left okay. because 
my plan, like at the moment, my loose plan is game week three, uh, Liverpool go to Chelsea and Spurs uh, fixtures start to take a bit of a swing. Right. So I'm thinking I can drop. I'm thinking of dropping Trent possibly for sure because I think actually Trent is a, a bit overpriced. I think Shaw could have just as good returns this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then swap in <laughs> Jota for Son. If needed, if Liverpool were going amazingly, then I'd keep it as it is. But I wanted to have that opportunity to get Sonny. In. It's really good that you're like planning and thinking that far in advance. I only, honestly, last year was the first year where I started kind of thinking in more than like one or two weeks ahead. Yeah, I'm excited for this. Yeah, I'm nervous, <laughs> mate. <laughs> I'm nervous. I think you'll do really well. Uh, obviously, we've got to come up with some sort of forfeit for whoever loses, which we'll we'll come on to, and and we we want our listeners' questions, of course. But yeah, overall, mate, I think you've I think you've done a really good job there. I think that's a nice team, and I obviously I'll reveal my kind of current draft as well. Do you want to hear my current draft now? Yeah, let's do. It. Let's yeah? go for it. Okay, so this is the um, the team thus far, all scheduled to to change. Of course, it's going to change probably multiple times. Um, uh, I've got Sanchez in goal. I've got uh, Martinez as my other keeper. Um, now again, that might change because that's a that's a whole other million that I've got in there. Yeah. Um, but then I've got uh, Alexander Arnold, Luca Dean, Ailing for Leeds, Dunk for Brighton, Ben White currently for Brighton, but obviously banking on the fact that he moved to Arsenal. Rafinha, Salah, Smith Rowe, Fernandez, Calvert Lewin, Watkins. I do have Billy Gilmore in there at the moment, but again, this will all change. And Ivan Tony, Josh Brownhill, you can just, just I could easily. What am I doing? <laughs> Making the transfer now, swapping him out. Um, but you know, that's that's the thirteenth of August. We're recording this on the nineteenth of July, so we've got plenty of time, and that will change multiple times. But but yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking at at the moment. A lot of those players I had in previous drafts I think I'm, I'm very much a, I've realised very much a fixtures manager I look at who's got the stronger fixtures early yeah, on yeah. and and I I plan my transfers ahead for potential fixtures that's good like that's why I haven't got uh, United players in at first I haven't mm-hmm. got Leeds players in at first I didn't like the fact they're playing each other on the opening day yeah. although there's always goals in those games I'll be wrong but <laughs> <laughs> be yeah in the theory worst nil-nil so that's our drafts for now um, we'll do them again before the season starts. We're going to move on now to Fitz's top tips for FPL. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, as you say, I've kind of done it for a little while now. And yeah, I, I absolutely love it. I think it's a great game. And I will share a couple of little nuggets. Uh, I suppose the first thing to remember is that it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. Really important to not get downhearted if you have a bad week. I had kind of bad weeks last season where... I left a load of points on the bench and there was one in particular where I got 38 points on my bench and my entire team got like 39 and they literally beat them by a point. And it's just really demoralising and it's so easy to at that point look at it and just go, right, I'm taking out him. You get one free transfer a week and if you don't make that transfer, you get two the week after. So it's great to try and keep those transfers. What I wanted to do there was just take out like four or five, six people, decimate my team and take a four-point hit for every extra transfer you make. So just chill out. Remember, there's going to be a bad week every so often. 
don't let it affect you. Your decision making was probably fine. Move on. It's kind of like comedy. So obviously you and I are both comedians and you'll be familiar with Milliken's Law. So Sarah Milliken said um, that if you have a good gig or a bad gig, you can only think about it up until 11am the next day and then it's done. And, and that's really true because, you know, if you if you have a really good gig and then you just think, oh, that's it, I'm, I'm brilliant. You'll die on your on your hull the, the night after. Maybe not the night after for you because you're bloody good. But the the point being that it, you shouldn't think about it too long. Don't rest on your laurels. So what, I mean? what you're saying is essentially that Josh Brownhill will always come good. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> Josh Brownhill always delivers. A roundabout way of saying, just <laughs> call him the postman. He always delivers. Yeah, just try not to kind of get too downhearted if um, Josh Brownhill didn't, score a hat trick that week <laughs> well I, I can't see it but let's um <laughs> let's, let's move on to the next tip. thanks for the <laughs> tip anyway um so the next one is to try and pick a squad of players who will play so even if they aren't um you know going to set the world on fire like your josh brown hills <laughs> poor josh by the way um we're going to find him on twitter and tag him in this and tell him uh, we love you josh uh, please sponsor the pod but you know, as long as your bench players aren't a Rian Brewster who I mentioned last year, who just they're 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 rubbish. They don't score points, and they're not going to um, allow you to kind of transfer out. Have bench players. They can be four and a half million. They can be your Gilmore's, your whatever. Basuma's a, a a good example of someone who isn't going to score a goal a season probably, but at least he's cheap and he will play 90 minutes almost every week. But what what is the reasoning behind that? Because if he plays 90 minutes, what, is that two points? So 90 minutes is two points. Um, if As a midfielder, if you keep a clean sheet, that's an extra point. And if he plays well, you know, he might get the odd bonus. But I suppose the point is you just want a player who plays for their team. Because if Mo Salah does get injured then you're better off having two points from someone who you know will play than nothing at all. Yeah. Does that make sense? And at that price, the most you can really hope for is that they play. (laughs) And anything else is a bonus. Anything else is a bonus. Okay. Yeah, that's right. The next one is something that you've kind of done quite well, I think, in your draft, which is about basically how you spread the budget. So, you know, the temptation can be to go all out attack. And there are some seasons, you know, there was one a couple of years ago when Kane and Aguero and Aubameyang were all absolutely banging. And if you didn't have them, then you were in trouble. So, of course, if you have three 11, 12 million players as your starting three, then the rest of the team obviously has to suffer. But it's... It's about kind of, I guess, keeping an eye on who's playing well and, and trying to have a balanced squad rather than going down that route. That Aubameyang, Kane, uh, Aguero example, you don't get that very frequently. Um, so it's more important that you've got a, a Trent or someone. A Robertson's an interesting example because you save half a million, you still get the potential clean sheets and you still get the potential assists. Yeah, I, I think with that striker scenario... like. I, I don't think that's going to happen this year. Like what I was struggling with was if Kane gets in form, how you get him into your team? Because mm. from the, the jump from Watkins, Nacho, Callum Wilson, Calvert-Lewin to Kane is, yeah, yeah. is ridiculous. It You're is. going to have to sell three players to get Kane in your team. Yeah. So and there's only one I'm, Josh Brown here in the game, that, yeah. so you can't feel yeah. <laughs> but that's why I planned enough budget to get to Son if I needed a Tottenham attacker because you have to build your team around him and I don't want to build a team around a player who if he doesn't get his transfer he could literally hang up his boots and not be playing and you don't want that player in your 
starting lineup at yeah, the start yeah. of the season, especially no, no. playing City as well. 12 million he is, isn't he? So he's the most expensive he's ever been. But then, you know, he was the golden boot winner and got the most assists as well. So, I mean, he probably will do that again, but I yeah. don't think he's going to do that from the start. He always starts slowly anyway. Yeah, yeah. And particularly this season. Unfortunately for me, he uh, really banged in game week three against Man United last yeah. season. <laughs> yeah, of so course. Not, not that slow. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really, basically, it's really hard to get a balanced team if you've got Trent, Salah, Bruno, De Bruyne, and Kane you know the rest of your team is going to be dross the the next one tip four I suppose hot tip four is to do with kind of transfers and specifically what I call rage transfers so if you are watching a game and uh, it's on Sunday Super Sunday and one of your players gets a yellow card or just performs really badly you know the temptation could be to just kind of transfer them out straight away and when you transfer is actually really important because particularly if there's Champions League football, um, you know, the way the transfers work in, in this is you can make it any time from the game week um, starting to when the next week starts. Yeah, this is what I didn't really get. Like, I, I understand the player's price can rise, it can fall. Yeah. But I mean, if Trent scores in a game, is his price going to go to 8 million overnight or does it... Is it incremental? It is. It is incremental. That's a really good question. So it's incremental, and um, usually it would go up by a maximum of point two in a week. It can go to point by point three in a week, but that's kind of very rare and quite exceptional. And um, so it's it's based on kind of like the stock market almost. In that, the more people are, are buying, the more the the price will rise. So if a player. There, there are some kind of resources. There's a Twitter um, called FPL Price Rises and they will normally notify you before the price does actually go up. Um, but it's important to try and catch them if you can because, you know, if you're at a stage where you're wanting to tinker your team and a player in your team goes down by one and then by 0.2 before the next transfer if a player you want has played really well and they've gone up by 0.1 and then 0.2 then you're talking about a 0.4 million difference um but you get notified before they change do you not or- if you if you follow FPL price changes right, okay. yeah but which is but you got to be pretty hot on it to you got to be pretty those. hot on it and that, they can change at any time of day yes i think they i think they do change at a certain time i'm, I'm not certain i'm not i can't remember exactly when but it's normally kind of after the game week or certainly after the last game of the game week. So in other words, if um, Liverpool played United on Super Sunday at four and that was the last game of the weekend, then you could expect price rises on Monday. And if loads of people buy, um, then you could expect another one in the middle of the week. And is it a tactic? Because initially I thought, is it a tactic to fill your team with players like Deli Alley at six and a half million? Like he could... Is he six and a half million? Six and a half million. I haven't even looked at him. Yeah, and, but he could he could be in the starting eleven now. Like yeah. we've got a new manager in place. Yeah. If he starts hitting goals and assists like he's done in previous seasons, yeah. and then his price starts rising, is that a tactic to get players in that uh, you think are undervalued on in the hope that you'll be able to sell them for more and give you more money in the bank, or does it not really work like that? It, absolutely, yeah, it can work like that. You know. I mean, I suppose the difficulty is that they certainly know what they're doing in terms of pricing players and Deli Alley at six and a half million is based on, I know for a fact he was at least nine, nine and a half last year. Yeah. Well, he's had a terrible couple of seasons basically yeah. and he was, he was shut out by Mourinho and yeah. a lot of people have lost faith in him, but I just think that there's still a player there. 
and uncovering and unearthing those little gems, it could be a gold mine. You know, that's a really good shout of of how to potentially kind of get a bit of get a bit of extra cash. It's it's difficult to find those those gems, but and they don't tend to stay kind of hidden for very long. Um, but yeah, that's a great shout. The final tip really is just to have fun with it. I know it sounds really kind of cliche, but it is a game ultimately, and and there's it's really important to not get too kind of downbeat. Really, I say that as someone who's guilty of it. I really am. Um, I've invested my whole life into this fit. So <laughs> this isn't fun anymore. It's this very is, much all or nothing. This is a passion um, project. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, there will be times where, I mean, I, I cannot watch a Premier League game now without flash score. As soon as there's a goal, I will be told on my phone slash my watch who scored the goal. And then I'll look and a few minutes later, I'll get the fancy Premier League Twitter notification to say goal, but Fernandez assists. Rashford and I'm and, and it's amazing <laughs> so I've got two kids and I can't watch every Premier League game much as I would love to I always watch United but you know I have an interest in most games and I get really annoyed if I want Salah to score for Liverpool and they beat Norwich 4-0 on the opening day and he does nothing if you've captained him it can really ruin your whole weekend yeah um but like i say it is a game you've just got to got to enjoy it and and i'm saying the words and i'm like it's not a game <laughs> you don't believe it <laughs> i you do don't not believe, believe it, it. <laughs> i don't believe it at all but for you listeners it may not be too late for you <laughs> maybe there's hope okay well there you go there's a bit of expert advice from fitz um i'm sure if you're listening to this podcast you're already a bit of an expert on fpl uh this this episode and next week's episodes they're going to be a bit more in depth on the rules and it's more for the the beginner to the to the format essentially like yeah. myself and like Fitz will be next week mm-hmm. with Sky just a bit of an introduction and then as we go through the season we're going to be a bit more light-hearted we've got a few ideas of things we're going to do it's going to be a bit of fun uh, but before we leave this week we're going to go through our top picks and our worst picks uh, in each position just to see if we got some similar ideas here what I really want is to pick pick an absolute banger out of this and we can come back to it at the end of the season and Perfect. be like yeah you, you got it uh, a banger other than Josh Brownhill other than Josh Brownhill <laughs> yeah, yeah but I mean I, he will be there now because I feel like I can't I yeah. backed him in this podcast yeah, and yeah. I feel like I've got to stick with it so yeah in defence um, some of the names that are jumping out to me I think Shaw is undervalued at 5.5 I think he should probably be 6 don't fancy him straight away I, I'm not sure if he's going to even be in the team having come back late from the Euros I don't know who who would you is it Tellez Tellez at left back yeah um, although there's talk of him going to Roma but I don't think that will happen okay it, w- it wouldn't make any sense to me to sign him last year but then Van der Beek might be going as well so who knows yeah. <laughs> as we're recording there's uh, certainly a month I like I like Tierney at Arsenal for five if he if he stays fit and if he attacks like he does with Scotland then he's a great option. Um, Kufal at West Ham for five mm. he's a decent option, but I think with Europe this season West Ham having not got enough depth in their squad and I think they're going to struggle. And is he going to play in Europe? Is he going to play in the league? There's probably going to be some rotation there possibly. So the pick I've gone for uh, as a top pick for the defender is Reguilon at Spurs. Okay, nice for five. Right, because Nuno's come in. If he plays three at the back, if you got Reggie on as a wing back, 
if he can do what he did to Matt Doherty at Wolves mm. to Reggie on, he could be the best wing back in the league, I think. Maybe if he did to Matt Doherty at Wolves uh, <laughs> at Spurs, yeah. As he's, uh, I mean, as at Spurs, I think it's knows. more likely that he'd make on a good player than, than <laughs> do the magic he did to Doherty. But if he can make Doherty a good player, then he's won my vote as Spurs manager. So, yeah, Reggie's my top defensive pick. Um, my worst defensive pick, I, I think any Chelsea defender right. at the moment, because who knows who's going to play? They've got mm. so many options. Yeah, yeah. And if one of them nails down a position, then yeah, great. They're going to get lots of clean sheets. Their their wing bats are going to do do good numbers. Yeah. Like I like Chilwell, but like a six million is he is he going to play? He's so. um, is it Emerson who's the other kind of left back there? There's again, there's talk of another left back. Um, I follow Fabrizio Anu Romano on yep. Twitter and um, I always get his notifications because I want to know what's going on. And yeah, they're they're linked with a few defenders. You're right. That's a really tough, tough yeah, one to I, call. I mean, if you call the right one and he sticks with a team, mm. then yeah, they're, they're, they're good value. But I think to start with, I'm not going near Chelsea. Interestingly, neither of us have got a Man City player in our draft. And I guess the obvious reason for that is you know, Pep Roulette, we just don't know who he's going to play. I'm assuming that's why you've... Well, actually, my top midfielder pick. Okay. Top ah. midfielder pick, oh. to- Torres. Torres. At 7 million. Okay. Because yeah, I think if it... I don't think they're going to sign Kane. I don't think they've got the money. I think Tottenham are going to play hardball and not let him leave. Right, yeah. I definitely think that so, will happen, yeah. And Pep seems to think that, that Man City don't have any money <laughs> to sign a striker. So I think Torres could be playing up top for them. And then in that second game of the season, City, they got Norwich at City. Yeah. And if he's playing up top, like he's got a hat-trick in him. And at 7 million, he he might be someone, he might replace Madison in my draft possibly at some point. Um, so yeah, but again, Pep Roulette, it, it's less of a risk on this game though, right? Because you've got your bench. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It is less of a risk. It's, again, the trouble with City assets is that they're expensive. But, you know, Torres at 7 million uh, isn't bad shout at all. And I think if City do get Kane, then the only way they would get that is by selling players and or part exchanging. I've I've seen talk of Sterling before the Euros, whether or not that happened yeah. now. Like Mares was another player, Gundogan was a player. All of these players kind of linked as part of a swap. Yeah, I, I just don't. I don't think they want to come to Spurs. <laughs> I don't think we can pay their wages. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, yeah, yet. I mean, uh, that both of those are very valid points. Um, yeah, my, my worst pick in midfield, Willian at six and a half yeah. is expensive. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Did you see him in the, that friendly? No, no. The, the big, I mean, I'm not sure if he's put on a lot of weight or whether he's wearing some kind of like weight vest underneath oh, wow. or something. But yeah, he's look, he's looking chunky. Wow. And I mean, and he, he's, he really play, he's he there really for play. a paycheck, isn't he? Let's face it. Yeah, yeah, of course he is. Um, so yeah, he's bad value. Sigurdsson at 7 million as well. I think that's a lot of money. When you could get Madison or Torres, mm. like Sigurdsson. Does take pens. He takes pens. Mm. But is they, it, will he take good, pens? And they've got a good run. But is he going to take pens this season? Benitez is... Oh uh, well, there. Yeah. is that going to yeah. change? Yeah, maybe. Um, and he's slow and boring. <laughs> I wanted to be more and, exciting. And he for beat seven England million. in the Euros. So yeah, I think they're uh, they're all interesting shouts. <laughs> Willian, I, I want to find a, a photo of him. Yeah, we're, we're, I'll show you that after the pod. Nice. I look but, forward um, to that. <laughs> yeah, he's had a good summer. <laughs> <laughs> and my top forward pick probably Ings at eight million at the moment because okay. he's going somewhere. Yeah. He could end up at Spurs if Kane goes. 
could he end up at City? I would. I mean, it would surprise It'd me. It'd be surprising, awful lot. but yeah. I mean, if they've got no money and they need a cheap striker, apparently, then. Yeah. But I mean, wherever he goes, he's going to score goals and eight. If he stays fit, yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, I think he could be good value. And my, my worst forward pick is Vardy at 10.5. I just don't think that. I mean, I say this every year, yeah, but yeah. I don't think he's gonna. The out, his output's going down every season, isn't it? There's got to be a and year. And he's where... got to share it a bit more now. Yeah. Uh, he was sharing it towards the end of last season. Like his, he was in Ian Acho's shadow a little bit. Yeah, he didn't. Um, he didn't have a great season last season. That's for sure. Yeah, and I just think ten and a half million is a bit rich when you have got like Watkins and Calvert Lewin for less than that. Mm. And I, I think their numbers are going to be bigger this year. Yeah. Very nice. Well, I agree with quite a lot of those picks. I think keeper-wise, interestingly, so Martinez last year was four and a half million and he's five and a half million. And the season before, Nick Pope was four and a half million, had a brilliant season and then went to five and a half. And it just makes them that much less appealing. Uh, I've got Martinez in my draft, but that will probably change because of the, you know, the budget that you have to use to have a, a reasonably big hitter. Um, so I think Martinez would do quite well. I do think Sanchez for Brighton, I know it's a, a really obvious choice, but he surprised a lot of people and Matt Ryan has left Brighton now. So I think he'll be nailed um, to start every every game. Yeah. So I think keeper-wise, he'll be one that's probably not far off, kind of set and forget and just pop him in your team and, and don't worry about it. There is Pickford Perhaps they've got quite a nice opening. Yeah, I like Pickford at five. Yeah. I think worst would be either De Gea or Henderson. <laughs> because, I think they're great picks. Uh, but but who? Which one? I think Henderson's mm. going to get... I mean, if you get the right one, like yeah, five yeah. million for a United keeper. Exactly. And... That's it, it could work, but my fear, I suppose, is, is not knowing what Ollie's going to do. I mean, put, put them both in at five million. Well, yeah, there you go. Just have constant United. Um, if we get Varane, that is an altogether all more appealing kind of option. Um, so that'd be good. Um, Adrian would, would definitely be my worst though, because um, he's a, a terrible, terrible keeper. And <laughs> um, I'm delighted by the fact that Liverpool didn't retain the league, but obviously injuries didn't help. But yeah, I don't really rate um, Adrian. Sorry again, if you're listening, mate. Um, Defender-wise, I think we've we've covered off a, a lot of the kind of main culprits. Um, someone who might be interesting might be a Canate of... Liverpool, yeah. who obviously they've signed. You you think that a, a back four of um, Van Dijk, Canate, and Robertson and um, Trent that would probably concede quite a low number of goals. What he'll do in terms of attacking, who knows? But could be could be a good shout. And um, I love Wambasaka, and I think that he will will start. But again, you know, it's it's the attacking returns that you you don't know whether you're going to get them with a with Wambasaka. So that's probably defence. Then midfield wise, I think again, you know, I I can't look beyond the big boys. I think that I've not got any City players in my team. I do Come like on, pick a differential. Come on, I do like the idea of a a trend. I think Wendia will be interesting if Grealish stays, um, but. You know, who, do you prefer him more if Grealish stays or if he leaves? Um, I think that if he if Grealish leaves, then Buendia becomes the man. Yeah. Um, I, I, as soon as Buendia was signed, I was like, okay, well, he's obviously signed because Grealish is going. I thought that, um, yeah. Yeah, and 
obviously Grealish hasn't gone at the time of recording. So, so who knows? I would like to see after the summer they had, I'd like to see kind of Sancho. Um, not after the summer he had, but I was I was more thinking about kind of Calvin Phillips and Rice. But again, they're not massively point scoring players. Yeah. But Sancho is a really interesting one because if he comes in at nine million, maybe nine and a half, which is what I think Rashford actually is the only player who's at nine and a half million. Um, so he's at nine and a half million midfield, and there's no one within point five million of him. Right. Okay. Which is really interesting if if you get him and you want to transfer him out. Yeah. Um, so if Sancho comes in at nine, you know I love Bruno and I think Bruno will will get a lot of FPL points this year and I fancy football. But but Sancho could be a really good good shout. I, I don't think it'll be a differential as such because I think a lot of people will probably take a punt. He splits the Bruno money, doesn't he? It's yeah. like which one do you go for? Yeah. And will he take pens? Will he take free kicks? Who knows? Yeah. Um, and then differential-wise, possibly someone like um, Pepe at Arsenal. Yeah, he he got into a good bit of form at the at the back end of last season, and he started kind of pitching in with with a few goals. He was nine point five when he joined, which is is like a lot of money, obviously for for a player. And he's seven and a half this year, so he's two two million cheaper. It's still quite a, an interesting price. And then if Newcastle can get him back, I think Joe Willock. Um, yeah, I consider that six million. Six million, yeah. yeah. Joe Willock, you know, he really propelled me up the ranks in the last two or three game weeks of the season because right. I got on it, got on them at the right time. Just so happened that you know I had a transfer, I had that much money, and I was looking through the options. I was like, mm, Joe Willock, similar to um, when Gundogan went on his run. Yeah, I I didn't get in in the first like two or three, but I got in on week four, I think, and. Because the first two, I was like, I won't do it again, won't do it again. Yeah. And then I took a punt and fortunately for me, it worked out. But um, so, yeah, I think that they are, they're good kind of potentials. Uh, have we covered off a, a worst pick for a midfielder? I don't think we have, have we? Um, no. And I'm not going to say Josh Brownhill because I, I, I feel for him. But I think someone like Gilmore is really tempting to put in your squad and indeed he's in mine at the moment. But I just think the more I, the more I consider him as an option, he's not likely to get much in the way of points beyond that. It's like Basuma. And with that opening run of fixtures, if he performs badly, is there potential for him to... What has to happen for you for your value to drop? People sell you, basically. Right, so okay. if you don't play well and you don't pick up any kind of bonuses or any points beyond you know your normal points, then whoever does have you will sell you. The lowest people have got to is kind of like three point nine, maybe three point eight, maybe, and that would be for a sub keeper typically who starts at four million right. and who just doesn't play, doesn't play, and people should yeah. get rid. And then if you're stuck with someone who's 3.8 million in your team, then obviously it limits in terms of who you can get back. But sure. another one, maybe like a Milner, who, you know, I just don't think will get minutes or matter, bless him. Yeah. I, I love Juan Matter, but I was very surprised when he was was picked uh, or rather when his contract was extended. They're, they're just unlikely to get many minutes and there's... Certainly, hopefully for for me, United will have much better options. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and your forwards. So I think ones to consider are Ollie Watkins. We've mentioned and Ivan Tony. Um, they are both I think really obvious because they're they're going to be high ownership and 
the thing with high ownership is that if they do well and you don't have them in your team, then uh, let's say fifty, let's say fifty percent of teams have Ivan Tony and he scores three in the first three game weeks, then that's fifty percent of the teams above you because they've got this player. See what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um. So I think it's difficult to look too far beyond someone who's at that price point and who could, if they follow on from their championship form, takes penalties, for example. Um, but someone perhaps a little bit more out there, um, Danny Welbeck, again, they've got a, uh, an all right start. I, I, he won't be in my team. I'd like to point that out. He won't be in my team. <laughs> um, and Chris Wood, I think, is 7 million. And he, I put him in my team the week after he scored that hat-trick last um that year classic classic yeah and obviously he did he did nothing so he's one of those players that if nothing around that range you've got Calvert-Lewin you've got Watkins you've got Antonio um he's a little bit cheaper he's a tiny bit cheaper and he's he's got at least 10 goals for the last four seasons I think so yeah, I think that's he, right. he were he, he's boring pick but he yeah. will, he will get 10 goals this yeah, season yeah yeah he is a boring pick, isn't he? Uh, and your worst pick? My worst pick would be Timo Werner, who Oof. was in my draft last season. Like as soon as he joined, it's like oh nine and a half million. Yeah, he'll bang him in, bang him in. Yeah. And it was he was one of the players who I got rid of on that wild card straight away in like game week three. Yeah. Um, perhaps I'll be wrong. Perhaps he'll he'll come good. But I suspect that he will have a uh, another tough season and will be farmed out. Well, I, no, I, I don't think he'd be farmed out. Oh. I think he does He does a good job, but it's mm. not the job to score little goals. Yeah, yeah. I think Kai Havertz is going to be up top for Chelsea, and actually that makes him a pretty decent punt in midfield. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's actually a decent pick. Um, so th- there we go, guys. That's the end of our first episode. Nice. Um, it may have been a bit a bit rambly, maybe, but I, I don't know. It's our first one. So please tell your friends, spread the word, and send us some questions. Get involved. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Tom Glover Comedy. Uh, my FPL Twitter is at FPL Cantona. Um, so just get in touch with us there. And you will also be able to email us on hello at fffaceoffpod.com. It's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. A lot of Fs. Yeah. A lot of Fs. <laughs> Faceoffpod.com. <laughs> and um, we will be back next week where we're going to talk about Sky Fantasy Football. I'll be teaching fits the ropes on that one i'll be taking a look at his first draft for his sky team and yeah that, that, that's us done that's us done i'm really looking forward to it thank you for listening and we will see you next week where we will face, face off, off.